Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 213. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years and tractor zoom delivering insights. So if I am an equipment dealer, which I am, right? And if I have equipment that I'm trying to figure out what's going on in the marketplace, and I really wanted to dig into that and find some trend lines and really see what's going on out there and what upcoming auctions look like and all that kind of fun stuff, where would you go, Aaron, to get the latest and greatest auction information? Certainly not the classifieds of your local paper. That's a good point. Yeah. You're going to want to go to Tractor Zoom Iron Comps. That's right. That's exactly right. You don't need to collect all of those sell bills anymore. You can actually see it all in one place, ever so gently nestled on the Internet. It's a great place to uh, go check that out. So if you're interested in looking at that, after you see how awesome it is and you decide that you want to subscribe to that, use Moving Iron at checkout and you get yourself a sweet little discount. I'm a big fan of discounts. How about you, Aaron? I am. Yeah. I am. I'm also a big fan of Nestled. Nestled, yeah. Being Nestled is a nice thing. Being Nestled. Not going to lie to you. Who doesn't like to be Nestled? Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. Aaron and I are going to give our, our monthly kind of state of the union as we see things and, and where we're at and kind of give a report on what we see out there as far as numbers goes as far as retail listings on the internet and those kind of things and, and how those are starting to stack up here as we go into really what has been a uh what is the term that the uh, analysts use all the time uh blow off top market as you take a look at what's going on there is a million reasons right now that point to um Commodity prices going higher than, than what they are now. So you've got Brazil second season corn is uh, got planted late, and right now pollination isn't looking like what they think it's going to be. There's a lot of drought and those kind of things. So that's under a lot of pressure, which that was supposed to be the saving grace for the for the rest of the world when it came to having some carryout stock and what that looked like. So if that does happen and that does continue to be a problem, we're going to see a big issue there. We have a makings of a drought situation in the u.s right now you look at the midwest and the high plains there's been some pretty decent moisture come through but there's no real subsoil moisture in there and if you listen to my podcast on thursday that i released with sean hackett he talks about a uh a noaa metrics that they use called the evaporation content of the soil what that looks like and, and we're going to start seeing that where there's the first you know 
12 to 18 inches are, are pretty wet, but everything below it's not there. And as the wind blows and heats up and blah, 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 you run into all kinds of, all kinds of issues there. So we could easily start seeing some, uh, some issues pop up there with that. So What's that called? Evaporation Evapor- index of the soil. Yeah, evaporation. That's index. fantastic. Yeah. Is so, that online? That's real yeah. It's no no uh, like the N O A. Weather, yeah. With Weather. the bird. Yeah. Kaka <laughs> <laughs> They have a, they kinda do that and they they've got they've got it out there so you can see it. But yeah, so it's a it's a real thing that they, they, they track and that they monitor. So drought situation possibly happened in the US. We got the stuff in Brazil We've got all the freeze situation going on with the wheat that we see. Now, we won't really know that till combines start rolling in Texas and Oklahoma. And, and by the time they get to Kansas, I know pretty well what they've got going there. Um, the situation in France with the freeze that they've had over there. This latest freeze that we've seen come through here earlier this week with Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, snowfall, you know, two or three nights where. You had somewhat of a soft freeze down in that 28-degree, 29-degree temperature range. So you have all this stuff going on. So as you look at the commodity marketplace, there's nothing out there that says there's not going to be a, a takeoff somewhere in, in commodity prices. You know, we can see $8 corn again plus some. You know, it could be it could be something like that. Oof. Yeah. It's, you know, $18 beans, all these. Because really, there's no, if, if everything continues on the Each same Each soybean is a dollar. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of something like that. So they're going to put them in those, like, you know, you go to a restaurant in a small town, Lions Club's got their little peanut vending. Oh, yeah. You put the quarter in and turn it. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. You get like five that's the peanuts. only way you can get yeah. soybeans now. You yeah. put in a quarter, you turn the handle, <laughs> and you get a handful. <laughs> yeah. So, so the crazy thing about this kind of tracking these, this information that we see happening is that it's been a slow trickle. Some of it's been a slow build even since uh, November, December of last year to where we're at now. And then all of a sudden, March comes along and just, boom, a big swath of stuff comes out. So, Aaron, you're on the phone all day long, every day, talking to folks out there, buying, selling, what have you, what's going on. What do you see happening out there? What's hot, what's not? And what's what's the uh, what's the 511 on the sitch? <laughs> What's the, what's the DL? Um, things are every everything's moving very very well. Combines are getting very hot right now. Uh, tractors is pretty much just a world of if you can get it, it's probably sold. There is a substantial amount, substantial amount of equipment advertised out in the world that. Nobody can touch till for another two months. Right. You know, we we are in the same boat. Yeah. You know, a guy asked me yesterday, well, what do you got for tractors? I'm like, three. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Right. Um, I wouldn't say there's any dark spots right now. There's nothing out there that's like, ugh. Other than 12 through 14, but, you know. But even that stuff's kind of selling. <clears throat> nah, not. I mean, it's not like it's dead by any means. No, but it's, we're we're getting, we're getting leapfrog again. You right. follow yeah. me? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But we're not jumping to new, we're jumping the, the 14 guy is jumping to the S7 instead of that 
right. 17. Right. Yep. Or that 18. Yep. He's getting a 1920. Right. So that means there's 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 just an, until 30 years from now when I retire until we get to that point 12 through 14s are always going to be there and always just piss you off. Yeah. You know. We can't ship them out of this country fast enough. Right. But, so those aren't, I mean, they're not a super bad dark spot. Yeah, they're selling, but, you know, there's no super dark spot. Um, sprayers, you know, of course, sprayer buying is still kind of seasonal, it seems like. Right. More than, more than they probably should be. Um, so it took a while for that to get going, but now sprayers are, are, uh, pretty hot. Yeah. Um, especially large frame, which of all the sprayers, the the forty five and the forty sixty, sixties not so much because they're so new. There's just not a lot of numbers out there if you want one. But forty forty fives can get soft at times, pretty bad. And I feel like that's kind of where we were with them a year ago. Right. And now they're they're hot. Yeah. You know. So, everything all in all, I demand is pretty good on everything. I'm actually surprised with, I thought used planters would be a hotter thing this year yeah, than they kinda, were. I thought so too, yeah. I think, I think the, this kind of goes back to like everything else we've talked about. It seems like the high speed planters that are, are sought after, highly sought after, but it's that you know, like the the precision donor type, right? Is one that's kind of a lagger. You know, right. we thought that would be that'd be kind of following a different path, right? Or in the be. green world, the the last of the seventies versus the seventy five, right? Yep, yep. Everybody's yep. jumping. You know, the 09 guy is getting the 16, 16 17. Yep. yep, yep. So yeah, so there's there's plenty of plenty of stuff going on there. I Plus, think it, I bet. As we'll see, because when's that June first? Is that when that takes off? I bet you'll see. I get a feeling it was like, well, we'll try a couple more upgrades. We'll go through it one more time, and then because we know where the price is at, yeah, for stuff, we'll buy one. We'll order one this year, yeah, and get exactly what we want. Blah blah blah. I think yeah. I think you guys on the news side will see a lot of that yeah. in the planner world. No, I, I think you're right. I think, too, is especially as you look at to, like, 22, some of the futures out there at 22, I mean, I think 22, December 22 corn is, like, 465. Now, you see? Right. You can, you can really forecast out there ways and still lock in some lock in some pretty good numbers out there Oh, compared yeah. to what we've seen. You know, I mean, it's not the 550. I mean, you see some profit-taking today. You're seeing that for sure. You have four days of limit-up corn, and then all of a sudden the guy's like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to take some money out. <laughs> take a little profit here, you know. But but as you take a look at all the stuff that we got going on, planners are rolling, guys are getting out there, getting after it. It's been a pretty quiet start. I mean, we've had some we've had some snow and some, some of those kind of things out here, but really once we get past that that weather situation, it's not like it's too muddy or too dry or too anything. It's kind of almost premium planting conditions right now. It is. It really is within our area. Yeah. We got enough. You know, we had that 
that uh, couple inch rain and foot of snow or whatever, and then surface dried out, yeah. and then we got another half inch and yeah. another wet snow. Yeah. So I mean, we're just like you said in that first foot or so, we're we're pretty charged up. Yeah, six maybe not a foot. I shouldn't say a foot. First six inches. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be. It ought to be just great conditions to get rocking and rolling. Yep. It's going to be a matter of, is that it? Right. Or yeah. not. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's the play that we're going to be looking for this year, which is going to be, which is going to definitely drive up the the, uh, the stuff that you see happening out there. So what's that old adage, you know, if, if uh, $3 corn at, at 180 bushel is the same as um, $6 corn at 90 bushel. Right. I mean, so you start playing, you start playing that game. Right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at some of these numbers and um, get a get a good feel for where we're at from the market over um, since January and kind of trace our way back here. So last time we did this, we kind of started back in November and what that looks like and how that combine situation has, has changed and those kind of things. So um, January, sorry, yeah, January first. Um, there were 11,369 combines on the market, right? If you go, I'm sorry, 11,363 combines on the market. So if you jump fast forward to where we're at now, um, which is a typical situation you see, January, February, typically March are all time frames where a lot of combine inventory grows because everyone's getting their combines in, we're taking the trades, those kind of things. As you look at what we see here, we are actually, we have less combines on the market today than we did in January with 11,179. So since the 1st of January, we've seen a reduction of, um, well, just about 200 units. Um, but the previous month in March, March 1st, there were 11,756 combines on the market. So we've sold, in the month of March, 600 combines got taken off the marketplace. That's a fair go. amount, right? That's a that's a big And what big did price. somebody just say on the world famous podcast? Combines are picking up steam. They are. How about that? They are rolling. I wasn't full of shit. <laughs> For once. Right? <laughs> For once you I'm a little surprised, honestly. <laughs> Alright, so now we just talked about sprayers and what you saw happen in there. Month over month. If you look at uh, March first to April first 3,235 combine or combine sprays were on the market in March and in April they're 2941. So that's a pretty big decline of about oh we're around 300. So fast forward, go back in time to January and there were 2206 on the market. I'm sorry, wrong line. There were 3582. So we are we are again same situation that we saw there. Um, we are actually. We have less combines on the market, or combines, keep saying that, sprayers on the market than we did now. So, again, we're seeing some good moves there. So we're, we're down, since January, we're down about 600 units over the time. So that's, you think about that, that's quite a few sprayers, I mean, as far as overall population. Absolutely. Um, floaters, if you look at where that's at, the floater market is, uh, 667 units at the 1st of April, and... The first of March were 715, 751 if you go back to um, the first of January. So 
again, we've seen again, we're down, we're down almost uh, almost a hundred units. Again, that's that's a big chunk. That's one sixth of the marketplace that's been that's been liquidated. So that's a that's a big deal. All right, so let's get talking about tractors here. So tractors on that 175 horsepower and greater range. So we're talking all eight R's, all your bigger row crops, those kind of things. Those are all. Um, Magnums and Challengers and Masseys, oh my. Yeah, exactly. So at the beginning of January, there were 13,230 on the market. Today there are, this is a big, big drop, 10,837. So roughly 10% of the tractor population has, has vanished since the first of the year. That being said, in the month of, so you're looking at about 3,000 units between the two, 2,500 between the two, between January and April. From March 1st to April 1st, March 1st there were 12,189 tractors on the marketplace in that range, and now there's 10,837. So it, it decreased in value by about 1,500 units, right? That's a fair amount. That's a big swing. That is. That's a real big swing. So scroll down here and take a look at where we're at next so tractors obviously hot that's typical typical thing is is to get the new tractor updated type of thing that's that's pretty typical view over yep but hot is kind of underselling it i would go with at least like quadruple hot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a tractor yes i'll take it what is it i don't care if tractors were the drop map it'd be magenta <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Folks, we're just going to go ahead and throw this out there and dash for dragon purple. It is purple. So we've, we've got that at going for us. Now, row crop heads. So we're talking corn heads here. Um, 50, see, 5,812, first of March, and which this does make a little bit of sense here. Uh, first of April, I'm sorry. First of March, there were 5,927. So we, we lost about 100 units there, a little over 100 units. Go back to January, it was fifty-five seventy-four. So, the uh, the market's actually gone up in, in the number of units that are out there. But I think if you take a look at some of these aged corn heads that have been on the marketplace, some of these newer ages, like some nineteens or some yeah, some of those kind of things. Right. There's been a bigger move there where there's been more units that have been coming in to trade in. Absolutely. So that's starting to be true. All right, planters, jump down here and take a look at planters. In April, thirty-seven seventy-eight, and in March there were thirty-nine thirteen. So we're down, we're down uh, about one hundred and twenty-five or so units uh, month over month. But if you go back to January, there were forty-four sixty. So we're down a ton. Mm, we're down about. Isn't it? We're down about about seven hundred units, roughly, right around there. So. That's again. It kind of speaks to that upgrading the planter type of thing. That again, that's twenty five percent or almost of of the overall marketplace that's been sold. So that's a big jump. So apparently, I was full of shit that planters aren't selling. Well, I don't like. Well, I thought they would, but also we don't really have any used planters. True. So you're kind of insulated from the action. <laughs> that is yeah. true. Four harvesters. Um, there is so in January there are eleven sixty two, in March there are eleven eighty one, and in 
April, they were 1175. So we spent some time talking about forage harvesters the other day, last time that we were had that conversation. And I still think if you're sitting on a forage harvester right now, um, you will have an opportunity to sell some forage harvesters this year if this drought situation continues the way, the way we think it's going to. So I think there's going to be some opportunities there. Good, the positive thing about about the um, the forage harvester market again. A lot of those get get uh, traded in at the first of the year because they're getting their their new ones ready for the the early spring haylage season and and, and whatnot. So we did have a ramp up. <clears throat> so year see since January to April, that market has grown 13 units. So that's not not too terrible bad considering what we had the good positive thing is since unless you have one of the 13 that's true um, <laughs> the positive thing about this is that each month is a steady decline over the previous month so that's good so there's some action there so that's kind of the listings there of kind of what we track and what we see happening out there jump over and take a look at the hour ranges uh, of what we got here so I track the hour ranges on purpose for the idea being that, to me, it's important to know where the glut of equipment is. And um, on tractors right now, it's pretty pretty much the same across the board. If you start looking at any of the, then this would be in that, that 175 to 300 horsepower range. If you're looking at any of these things happen, you have the overwhelming majority uh, of that tractor is pretty well kind of, even there's like equal amount of tractors in each bucket yeah you know what I mean? more so than it was say a year ago and especially like a year and a half ago yeah a year and a half ago it was very much a very distinguished bell curve a year and a half ago to two years ago we we argued about this on the podcast that two thousand hour to four thousand yep. hour tractor and how damn hard it was to sell mm-hmm. i would take a million of those right now today yeah <laughs> It's amazing how much that flipped. People will call and be like, well, I don't really care what it is. Something in the 2000 to 4000 range yeah. every damn yep. time. Because it's a price point. Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. They're not gonna, they don't necessarily want the $90,000 tractor that's got 7,000 hours on it. But they don't necessarily want the two hundred fifty thousand dollars tractor that's right. got five hundred hours on it. They want one hundred fifty to one hundred seventy-five thousand. Is kind of what they're shooting at. Exactly. Now, if you step back and take a look at that same hour mix with combines, it's a, it's a very much a. That same glut of machines still fall in there. That thousand hour to, to two thousand hour, glut is still there. You know, and and that. And I think it, that glut always will be. Yep. But the, the interesting thing to watch is that thousand hour bucket, that that how do I have to bring it? So from like a thousand hours to like two hundred, like twelve hundred fifty hours on that seven fifty to twelve fifty range, it just keeps growing. So those those sixteen, seventeen, eighteen model machines are starting to come in, yep. and the nineteens and the twenties are taking their places. And so that's uh, that's another interesting thing to watch. But I think so. Same with sprayers. I mean, the sprayer deal is very much reflective of what you see. In the the tractor spread, there's a very much a pretty much an equal, very equal amount of, of sprayers in hours as far as numbers go in each bucket. It's it's really starting to shape up that way. So, you know, I I didn't track this. I wish it'd have been awesome to have tracked this since like 2008, so you could have this data that you just had at your fingertips to watch. Oh, yeah. To watch like the ebbs and flows and those kind of things and and 
really really track these things and what that looks like. So I'm venturing to guess because you got to remember, 2008 Minneapolis wheat was like twenty five dollars. It had a huge spike. It just went through the freaking roof, right? And then you had 2009, 10, 11, 12. You had that steady build and steady run up in prices to you know the eight, the one day corn hit eight bucks type of thing. And I, I bet you, if you go back and look at how machinery buckets were falling into place, it would mirror very much. Oh, absolutely, very, very much what we see. It, it would be interesting to see though. From the day that happens to the day that glut hits, right. and then the next, you know, and then yeah. have, like you said, have you'd have a decade and a half of that stuff now to look at, you know, dig into and be like, oh, okay, so this happened then, and then X amount of months, yeah, here it shows up, yeah, and the same thing, and the same thing. That would that would be super cool, yeah, and I think good idea. Yeah, well, we just keep doing Fire it. Fire up the DeLorean. <laughs> but if you had... The one thing about this that I that I think is is going to be cool to watch is, is how long... Like, we've talked about it, but it seems like every time we get a little bit closer to what we see happening with with EOPs and those kind of things and, and how that... Across the spectrum. I mean, whatever's happening with, with Case and, and New Holland and, and whomever, you know... Dear and everybody, is that how long is that ramp up time going to take to get back to where and it's going to happen? We're going to have a situation where we're, they're going to get all kinds of new orders. It's just going to happen. Oh, yeah. So well, what's, what's that look like? And then what's that supply chain look like on yeah. the backside? Right. You know what I mean? What worries me more is the volatility of ag. Because if you look at if you look at 12 versus 14, mm-hmm. that's a completely different book, man. Very much, yeah. So if you're looking at 21 versus, and it, fe- and it feels even more volatile. I mean, it could be the end of 21, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It could be 22. It just, it, it could be this huge-ass ramp up, okay, we're caught up. Too much. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I think this is the way the commodity markets is, uh, are shaping up, and, and just the way supply looks. I mean, if if you go to a point where the United States just can't export anything because we don't we have to feed our own cows, you know what I mean? And it gets to that point where the export situation is so tight that you can't. Okay, well, I can't get it from the U.S. So let's go down to Brazil and get it. Oh, I can't get it from Brazil, so I'll go over to. to Ukraine and Russia to get it. It's just not there to get, right? That's where that back feeling of that takes will take a long time. Oh, I got you. (laughs) Even if you have the next year, you have if even if the next year after that you go out and have a bin busting record crop. I mean, you don't. You're still gonna. You're gonna be kind of caught up, but you still gotta go out and feed all the cows again. You still gotta go out and do this and do that. I mean, so there's gonna be. This whole gotta, thing. You got to feed the sheep too. Feed the sheep. I'm tired of the prejudice on here. Yeah. Sheep lives matter, man. <laughs> they, they do. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out, man. I mean, this could be one of those deals where the catalyst of high commodity prices is is a bigger deal. Like it, it's a more standardized thing, and 
when you start getting that tight, then you start looking at, okay, well, if I'm going to pay you whatever for this bushel of whatever, then I want it to be a certain way, right? Now, as a consumer, I'm going to start demanding that I know that this wheat was grown X, Y, and Z and the whole... Right. right. How the whole blockchain worked, you know what I mean? And that kind of stuff, so... There's a... Uh, it is a, this next couple of years are going to be a very interesting time, especially when you start looking at where equipment's at. The good thing about this is we are cleaning the cupboards out with yes. equipment, so we're going to have plenty of space for new equipment to come back into it. Right. That's the the biggest positive that we Easy see. Easy right? on that plenty of space. We'll have some space. Well, we'll have not we'll have, plenty <coughs> of space. When you're, when you're talking relative to what we have now, you're going to have plenty right. of space. What right? five tractors? Yeah, that's right. Five tractors. <laughs> And maybe like a used gator. There you <coughs> so go. So be things will be, oh, be, yeah. be banging. So, all right, man. Do you have a deal of the week that you want to throw out there? I don't. No deal of the I week. I have stumbled and let America down. My goodness, there's people that are going to lose sleep tonight. I know because they're like, I really was wondering what the deal of the week would be. Well, we just said we don't have any. Yeah, that's right. We don't have any inventory. Yeah, that's right. The deal of the week permanently is an S780. There you Call go. Me. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Definitely, S seven eighties are um, they're, they're out there, and they, you can you can make them happen. That's for sure. And those class eight combines are going to be, especially used ones. I think are going to be a hotter thing this year than we see in the past. Let's hope. I think so. I think that upgrade's coming. I'm going to take my class whatever and go to get that that eight. I think that's where my if I was betting, I'd be betting on the Class 8 combine market to finally turn the corner and be the most prevalent um, selling machine combine in, in the in the U.S. and Canada. Right on. Right on. Okay. World, I am standing by. <laughs> Just call. <laughs> right on. All right. If they did want to call you and get one of these super sweet deals, what would they Speaking do? Speaking of that, yeah. uh, my phone number, call or text me. Sometimes text works better. Uh, 308-760-1193, or I'm uh, pretty active on the Ag Twitterverse, um, at Aaron Fintel, A-A-Ron Fintel, and either one of those two ways, man. Right on. And I am Casey Seymour, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you'll find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, or go to movingironllc.com, and that's where you'll find all of the the entire library of the Moving Iron Podcast out there for anyone to go out and listen to and enjoy all 550-some-odd episodes. 11 billion. 11 billion, Trebek. And then... You have that out there to go. Also, there's some there's some blogs out there you can take a look at and read um, that I've written over time. Um, working on my next rendition. Also, if you are if you get the Farm Equipment Magazine, uh, very back page. That's my I get to put a column in there every week. So check that out. Um, kind of my my rambling thoughts there that I put down on paper show up in that back of that magazine every month. So. Thanks to the folks at Farm Equipment Magazine for not only putting my articles in there, but also carrying my the Moving Iron podcast on their uh, remarketing roadmaps um, podcast as well. So check that out. Um, good good stuff there as well. So if you wanted to listen to a, a great episode of podcasts that come out, a couple friends of Aaron and I both are uh, Landon and 
Brent over there at the Dryland Farmer Podcast. Pretty good podcast, when you say it is. It's fantastical. It's uh, they're funny. It's a it's a farm ag podcast that doesn't talk about anything to do with ag. So it's loosely, loosely yeah. it's loosely an yeah. ag podcast. Yeah. So it's uh, check that out. Get a good listen. So um, I know it's planting season here, and I know a lot of guys have been running for a while. But if you're listening to this in the side the the uh, tractor, I know it's a hectic time of the year. I know. Uh, a lot of things are trying to get done all at once, but remember that uh, safety is the most important thing when you guys are out there and everybody going home at night with all ten fingers and ten toes and two legs and two arms is, is the most important thing. Absolutely. The the so keep your head on a swivel and be safe. And with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go with some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century.